Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are continuing our Root series where I am going through and airing some of our older episodes that I think just have so much value and content that might be helpful for you. And in today's episode, we're talking about obedience. And you know, one of the things about obedience is it's easy to be obedient when the thing that God is calling us to is easy or it's something that we want to do. But sometimes God calls us to be obedient to something that's difficult or cost us something. And so that's what we're talking about today. Also, just before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you of the commitment that we've made as a show to partner with Compassion International, which is something that does call us out of that comfort zone, that call to obedience, to give sacrificially, to pour into the life of someone else. If you want to learn more about that, you can head to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus. But together with the show, we are committed to helping rise children out of poverty in Jesus' name. And we do that through partnership where compassion interacts with them and gives them this holistic approach to raising them out of poverty through the gospel, through meals, through holistic care, through medicine, through education. And so the tithe of the show is going to compassion, but you can also partner where you can work and mentor an individual student and have this beautiful, fruitful relationship that God can do so many amazing things through. So if you'd like to hear more, you can head to the link in the show notes or head to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus. Today is our last episode in the Desires of the Heart series, and we're going to be talking today about the desire to be accepted. And this is one I think we see in the church, out of the church, We see it in a lot of aspects of our relationships and our friendships, romantic relationships, parenting, all of that kind of thing. Within this framework of the desire to be included or accepted, we're going to be talking about what I call the one another's. As I was thinking about this, actually, I had intended on digging down deep into some things that had happened recently, and I just kind of couldn't put my finger on why that didn't seem to fit right or feel right. And as I was praying about it, the Lord brought to mind a memory that I had not thought about in years, probably, you know, dismissed it initially. And then as the Lord started to work on my heart, I thought, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. Well, I guess hopefully by now you realize that I try to always be vulnerable and open and honest. And that's kind of just the nature of who I am. I think as I was praying about being vulnerable and sharing this with you, I thought, you know what, I might as well just show you or tell you about what this looks like in my own life and the ways that God has redeemed that. I started thinking about a church I had been in a long time ago in a small town, not the town we live in now, but a a different town. And we had to commute to that town, but it was a good church. It was a good family, small country family church. And we had some strong relationships there. So we were willing to drive to that town. It wasn't too far, but 
maybe 15 miles or so. So we were driving to that town and going to church and really just enjoying the fellowship of other believers, bringing our kids up in a nice, safe church. And I had been helping out with the youth group at that point, just casually. I wasn't the youth pastor or anything. It was just, you know, wherever wherever somebody needed help, I just jumped in. I, I was working full time. And, and so the youth pastor came up to me and he said, hey, Rachel, I, I have a favor to ask of you. And I immediately said, sure, what can I do for you? He He kind of stopped and he said, well, this is a big ask. I want you to think about it before you answer. You know, I thought through my love for people, for the teens, for the church, the community, for him. And I just said, okay, how, how can I help? And he started to describe a favor that he wanted to ask of me for me to pick up a woman in the town that I lived in and bring her to church. And initially I was like, oh yeah, sure. That's no, no big deal. I came every week. I drove from that town. It wasn't that far. I'm sure, you know, our town's not that big. It wouldn't be that far to to bring her with us. And, you know, no big deal. Except then he described exactly where she lived. And just, man, uh, the words, I don't think I can do that, came out of my mouth. And I'm a little ashamed to say that when those words came out of my mouth, I felt both shame and relief. And, and, probably ashamed that I felt relief, if I'm honest, but I just mentally was making a list of all the reasons why I could not pick this woman up. And, you know, at the time, I wasn't who I am now. And let's just say that. And so as he described the neighborhood and I knew exactly where she would be coming from, the entire tone of the conversation changed. And I was coming up with these internal excuses with, why I just couldn't do what he was asking of me. And I was thinking, okay, she's going to smell up my car and she probably has lice and we'll give it to my baby and she will want to be friends with me and I can't be seen with her. And, you know, of course I didn't say any of those things out loud, but instead I came up with just some lame excuse about my inconsistent work schedule, even though I was my own boss at the time and just my own desire to attend church on different days or maybe even different campuses. And, you know, he, of course, knew that none of that was true, but he didn't push me. And like you said, he knew it would be a big ask. Looking back at that scenario, there's so much different about how I live my life now. Jesus has made sure of that. Now, I work with some of the most desperate and vulnerable people in not just my community, but on the planet. And I have such a heart for those that are lost and hurting and broken, the ones with lice and the ones that smell bad and the ones that no one else wants to be seen with, the ones that haven't had their lives changed by Jesus yet. Now, those are my people. 15 years ago, I wouldn't have consciously said that I didn't want to be around the quote unquote least of these or like the marginalized of society. I would have said that it was wonderful that there were ministries out there that were called to reach them. I likely would have given money towards those ministries, allowed myself to go on a short-term missions trip or to go help, quote unquote, those people. But 15 years ago, I also didn't know Jesus the way I know him now. I certainly knew a version of him, but I didn't know the Jesus that calls me to go with him to the places that no one else will go. It's not that he wasn't there. He was. It was me who held him at arm's length. So Jesus obviously is the same yesterday as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. But I didn't allow myself to know that side of him. I don't think that my situation is unique. I think there are a lot of people who would say no 
to going to the bad part of town to pick up someone who lived there to ride along with their family to church. I think there are a lot of people who would have cared more about how it looked than how we were commanded to to do that very thing. I think there are plenty of people who would ignore God's voice in exchange for the voices of the world. Except once you start to really know who God is, that's just a voice you can't ignore. The calling to go and help those that are lost in those broken and hurting spaces is a calling that God places on the heart of every believer, whether you realize it or not. It's those people that Jesus died for. And you know, the truth is, you and I were hurting and broken once too. Our brokenness may have looked different, but we were broken nonetheless. And the very reason we came to Christ in the first place is because we recognized that there was something broken in us. And Jesus was the only way to fix it. Yet somehow we seem to forget that when Jesus asks us to go into the dark and take someone that same light, that that's what they need. We forget that we used to be in the dark too. And over the years, the more I've gotten to know Jesus, the more I realize how important this is. In fact, it's the most important thing. Helping others to know Christ is the very reason we're still here. And it's not about our desires or our reputation or even our need to be comfortable. It's about Jesus. And telling this lost and hurting world that there's a way out of the darkness. And so as we finish up this Desires of the Heart series, I want to leave you with some verses to meditate on as we think through this desire to be included. We all have this desire to be part of God's family. And as believers, we have a responsibility to be that for each other. The role of the church as a community of Jesus followers is to act like Jesus in our community. It's not that difficult of a concept, yet so many of us struggle with it. We're to bring each other into God's family to help them feel loved and accepted. And if we don't receive this in our own lives, not just as believers, but as people, we can fall into this trap of thinking that no one wants us or no one accepts us and that we're all alone. Instead, I want to look at what some of the biblical commands are in this area, and I call these the one another's. Love one another. That's from John 13, 34. And that command occurs at least 16 times, to love one another. Be devoted to one another, from Romans 12. Honor one another above yourselves, again, Romans 12. Live in harmony with one another, Romans 12. Build up one another, Romans 14, also in First Thessalonians 5. Accept one another, Romans 15. Care for one another, First Corinthians 12. Serve one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, consider others better than yourselves, teach one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, show hospitality to one another, pray for one another. The list goes on and on. And in fact, if you want to see this list, I'll put it on my blog, shehears.org, and you can see all the scripture references. But are you starting to see a theme here? These are just a few of the commands that we see that address how we're to treat each other. And I realize that this can be easier with some people than others. But friend, that's what we're called to do. It isn't love one another if they smell good. It isn't accept one another if they live in the right part of town. It isn't show hospitality when they fit in. Those disclaimers are just what we put on as conditions to our obedience. The reality 
is that we're called to obedience even when it is uncomfortable or when it costs us something because obedience is rarely comfortable. I think you know that. I certainly know that. And so as we start thinking about this, thinking when was the last time I served someone that was out of my comfort zone and how do I normally handle those kinds of situations? What's a way that I can move towards someone and have a heart for a quote unquote one another? And I think the thing that I want to pray about this week is that the Lord would show us someone or somehow we can step into obedience in this area. Your heart might not be willing right in this moment, but I want us to get to the place where we want it to be, to be obedient in all things, including the areas that are hard. There was another time I was in Brooklyn. I just remember we were working with a really vulnerable population and we were we had bust them in. And there was one girl that... If I'm perfectly honest, she smelled terrible. I didn't go sit by her. If I'm honest, I couldn't stand the way that she smelled. So I didn't go sit by her. I went and I sat with the kids that were clean. And I think about that now. And I think about where Jesus would have been sitting. And I see her face. I remember the way I felt in that moment. I remember how bright the lights were. I remember the clothes I was wearing. I remember the clothes she was wearing. And I remember the look in her eyes that I ignored when I was there. At this point, It kind of haunts me. A friend asked me this a week or two ago. They said, you know, how do you handle those situations where you didn't do what you knew God wanted you to do? Part of us wants to say, oh, I always do what God wants me to do. That's not always the case, especially before I got to the place where I knew Jesus the way I know him now. Obedience is rarely comfortable. At that point, I was not willing to be obedient to the point of being uncomfortable. And so as I'm thinking about these times in our lives where we're disobedient, We know we missed the mark. We know we missed what God was calling us to do. So this friend said, you know, how do we handle those? Because I felt terrible. Or afterwards, I didn't know what to say, but afterwards I knew exactly what I should have said. I think God gives us grace in those situations. Of course, his first choice for us would be to follow through to what he's calling us to do. But I think God gives us grace to remember those situations so that our heart is prepared for next time. Because next time, I will not shy away from her. Next time, I will not shy away from loving the person that the rest of the world says is unlovable. Next time, I will be obedient, even if it's uncomfortable. And what I've seen over the years is God can use those moments to impact us in such a way that we don't ever allow it to happen again. And so this week, as we're thinking through the last couple of weeks that we spent together, what's that mean for you? I'm praying for God to reveal that to you. I'm praying that as you start to step into obedience, it would become easier because you can see the fruit of your obedience in a way that it's a blessing to you. Obedience is rarely comfortable. So what's that mean? We have to be willing to be uncomfortable so God can use us. You hear a lot of talk about the comfort zone or outside of my box or or whatever, but ultimately who Jesus is calls us to reach out to the lost and the hurting and the broken. It's who he is. We see that in all the pages of scripture. The challenge becomes, if I am uncomfortable, why? I think the remedy for that is getting to know Jesus. So let's go ahead and and close out in prayer. And guys, thank you for allowing me to just spend a little bit of time sharing my heart with you and the things that God puts on my heart. God, we thank you that despite our flawed humanness, You are a God of second chances that doesn't give up on us. Even though we're stubborn, we can be hard-hearted. 
and we can be disobedient. All of the ways that you call us to yourself. Lord, I thank you that who I am now is not who I was and that you made sure of that. Lord, I pray that as my friends here go throughout their week, that you would point out the brokenness around them. You would call them to intercede, to take the light into the darkness, to share you with those around them. Lord, I know that's hard sometimes, but help us to see that our role as a community of Jesus followers is to act like Jesus, to love one another and be devoted to one another and all the other things that you command us to in scripture. Thank you, God. Thank you that we don't go at this alone, that even though obedience is not comfortable, that we're not alone, that you're with us, that you can empower and equip us to do it beyond even what we think we're capable of. Thank you that you don't give up on us. And Lord, I thank you that in our obedience, we can see your hand of blessing as we learn more about not just the people we're serving, but about who you are and your heart for your people. God, I thank you for podcasting. I thank you that you transcend time and space and you can reach into the hearts of your people to convict, to encourage, to empower, and to equip. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.